welcome <laughs> to the reason for our Hope Foundation and our podcast, which is Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. Today is November the 2nd, the Feast of All Souls, which we'll talk about soon. So <laughs> I've already prayed uh, before I thought everybody was live and you weren't live. It's been one of those days we couldn't get on YouTube and everything else, and so we're here now, so we'll go. Let's just say another prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we love you, and we thank you for being present to us, as you are present to all of us intimately, no matter where we are throughout the world. It's like the air, so intimate with each of us at every moment. Help us to focus on you, to focus on your love, to focus on your power, to focus on the salvation you give us, that we may truly love you. We beg you these things, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Anyway, thank you for joining us today. Anyway, um, I just want to encourage you again. We have an uh, uh, opening still for our uh, trip to Poland. It's going to be fantastic. I'm only going to take one bus, so that's for 45 people. And um, we have 25, I think, people who have signed, so we're halfway filled. So if you want to go with us, you're going to have to sign up pretty soon. We have more than enough to already go, but uh, what I'd like you to be with us. It's going to be fantastic. Everyone who said they've been to this Poland trip have always said it was the most uh, exciting trip over ever. I wasn't uh, that excited. My f uh, family, my parish asked me to go, and I said, sure, let's go. And so we're offering it up, and everybody can come. The group that we already have is a, is a great group. You'll feel right at home with it again. We do the spiritual things during the day, and then we relax at night, and uh, we have a fine time. So if you want to spend some time with us, we're going to have a fine time. So just go to, uh, just put Father Larry Richards' Poland trip in Google, and it'll take you to, in to, um, to our uh, international tours, and uh, you can sign up there. So, Today, let's focus on, as we focus on November, let's focus on the reality of what it means to, first of all, be a saint, what it means to pray for those who have died, the poor souls in purgatory, um, and all that reality before we get into uh, your questions and everything. And when we have been reading in the book of uh, Romans this last uh, three weeks or so, or at least two weeks in the daily mass schedule. So if you have been watching uh, my daily mass and been talking about uh, in the book of Romans, the, 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 the greatness of what God has done for us, that he wants us to be saints, huh? That that's God's will, and it's by what he does, huh? Yesterday, if you watch the day of mass for um, um, that I had, I quoted yesterday the um, what Pope Francis said, and I encourage you if you do not get to the Magnificat, you would want maybe to get it. It's a subscription uh, thing. I've had it. We always I take it with me when I'm traveling. So. Uh, like if you come to uh, Poland, you'll see I carry my Magnificat, but it's also, when you order it, um, it gives it to you as an app too. And it gives you all the daily readings, it gives you reflections, it gives you a daily saint. Um, and so for the introduction of yesterday's Mass, for the Feast of All Saints, it's a little homily by uh, Pope Francis, not a full homily, just a little less than a paragraph. And it says, the vision of heaven, described in the first reading, if you were, if you were hopefully everybody went to Mass yesterday, uh, and talked about from the book of Revelation. He says, the vision of heaven, described in the first reading, is very beautiful. The Lord God, beauty, goodness, truth, tenderness, love in its fullness, all of this awaits us. Those who have gone before us and those who have died in the Lord are there. 
They proclaim that they have been saved, not through their own works. Again, this is the Holy Father. They have been saved, not through their own works, though good works they surely did. But they have been saved by the Lord. And then they use a quote from yesterday's reading in the book Revelation that says, Salvation comes from our God who is seated on the throne and from the Lamb. Unquote. It is he who saves us. It is he who at the end of our lives takes us by the hand like a father precisely to that heaven where our ancestors are. Today is a day of hope. Our brothers and sisters are in the presence of God and we shall also be there. Through the pure grace of the Lord, through the pure grace of the Lord, through the pure grace of the Lord, if we walk along the way of Jesus, Pope Francis. So, that God wants us in heaven. That's the opening line of my surrender book. God wants you in heaven. He created heaven for us, not for him. He created us to be with him forever. That often I think we get so caught up and we think that God is this ogre who's constantly waiting for us to mess up so he can stamp us and send us to hell forever. Now, Jesus does say that uh, the road to salvation is narrow because few people are willing to surrender themselves completely to God, huh? This is like this morning as we have been praying for the poor souls. Again, I go to Scripture every day as I try to encourage all of you to do, and I write it down. And today the Lord uh, gave me John chapter 5, verse 24. But listen to what Jesus says. Now, let it enter into you. Listen. This is what Jesus, who is God, the judge of the living and the dead, who each of us will stand before on judgment. And this is what he says. Very truly, I tell you. So it's like another translation is truly, truly, I tell you. But he's saying, pay attention. Pay close attention to what I'm saying to you now. So pay attention. Whoever hears my word. So that's the teaching of Jesus. Whoever hears my word and believes him, God the Father, who sent me, has. It doesn't say will have. It says has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life so this morning as i was praying for the poor souls and everything of course the lord just says you have life in me not only life but eternal life and to be focused on god and be focused on his promises i think is so important but like when Pope Francis says, we got to live like Jesus. And to live like Jesus means we trust the Father. It means we're doing everything for the love of God and the love of others. We're not preoccupied with ourselves, even in our spiritual life. And I think what's happened is too many people, not any of you, of course, but their whole spiritual life is a life of spiritual life of preoccupation with the self. Whether I'm going to be damned, whether I'm going to, uh, make it to heaven, oh, I don't know. And it's always this preoccupation with self and what we have done or have failed to do instead of a focus on Jesus and what he has done for us, that he has paid the price for our sins and that he is the one who makes us saints. When you and I become saints, it's because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, not what we have done for him. Again, because if it was what we have done for him, then it would fill us with pride and then would, of course, be damned forever because pride is that core sin that I'm going to do it my way. Even when it comes to my faith, my spirituality, my religion, my Catholicism, whenever it's all about doing it my way. Huh? And I fall into this too, of course. My gosh, you know that uh, 
when I'm in prayer, I just fully and say, Jesus, you're, I know everything's about you, but the way I live my life half the time is about uh, making sure I do it my way. And, you know, last night at, uh, at the Mass, we, I, I had the evening Mass, and uh, I closed the tabernacle door, and everybody sat down. He said, ah, ah, excuse me, why are you sitting? Because that's always been one of my biggest things about uh, people just go to the motion. So Jesus and the Eucharist is put away. They close the tabernacle. Not in my church, but last night it did happen this way. And everybody sits down. And I said, you don't do that. Why? Because you focus and you leave Jesus in the tabernacle. And the problem with too many Catholics is we leave Jesus in the tabernacle instead of taking Jesus with us, that we are the temple of God, that that what you and I, when we have just received communion, uh, the same Jesus that's in that tabernacle is just as physically 100% present inside of us, but we still keep focusing on the tabernacle. So I said, don't you dare, don't you dare leave Jesus here in the tabernacle. And they all looked at me like I was a nut, and I am in so many ways. But it was to, uh, you, I, I just want people to get that. Because again, if we leave Christ in the tabernacle and we don't let him live inside of us, even after we receive communion, what kind of theology is that? What kind of thing is we, in, well, he can't live in me, God, I'm, I'm a sinner, Father. Yes, you are. That's why he died, to take away your sins. And that's why the God of the universe still decides to live within us from the moment we were baptized. And our job is to let him live his life in and through us. Our job is to show him to others. In our personality, God works through us, just like when he becomes bread, he takes the form of bread and wine in the Eucharist. So it still looks like bread and it still looks like wine, but it's God. When Jesus lives inside of us, he, we still live our human life, right? We still uh, I still have my personality. I still have my ups and downs. I still have um, my anger issues and everything else. That's still me. But Jesus still lives in me, just as really as he lives in the bread and wine, which is no longer bread and wine at Mass. That's teaching of the church. But again, we don't want to focus on that. We don't want to think on that. And we think it's because of humility. It's not humility. Humility is truth. When you and I fully and completely acknowledge that God lives within me and that I have to let him live, again, my favorite verse of the Bible is Galatians 2, 19 and 20, or Galatians 2, 20. I have been crucified with Christ. The life I live now is no longer my own. Jesus Christ lives inside of me. I still live my human life. Yes, but it's a life of faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. You've got to be sick of hearing that from me by now. But it's the truth for all of us. Huh? And again, uh, my good friends in Texas, uh, in their... They sent me up a beautiful, uh, I'll show you. I'm going to go over here for a second. I'm going to be speaking there next year for their men's conference. I've been there before. But it's right, Christ in you, CMC. And at Galatians 2.20, yes, I live no longer I, but Christ lives inside of me, Christ in you. Uh, Catholic men down in Texas. And so, uh, this has got to be how we live and what we live and the truth of us living. That Jesus Christ now lives inside of me and my job is to let him live. Not to be preoccupied with me and my salvation, but to trust him and to live his will every day of my life. If you and I do that, we're going to be saints. We're going to be saints. And we're going to live forever. We're going to pass over from death to life. What a great, glorious thing if we can live our life not in constant fear, but in constant trust. Huh? So that's the first thing is that what Christ has done for us, even the readings today. Again, it doesn't talk about all the souls that are suffering. Because why? This whole month is dedicated to the poor souls, where we pray for the poor souls. And we call them poor souls and uh, because they're suffering, yes. 
But even um, the great uh, Benedict XVI talks about purgatory can be a moment, a twinkling of an eye. And so it's still important that we pray for those who have died. You know, the teaching of the church is, and we've talked about this before, on purgatory that, one, it exists, and two, it's a good and holy thing to pray for the dead. Huh? And so, again, to, to be clear about what we believe is that when a person dies, uh, and if they're in a state of grace, meaning they're living in God's holy will, but they still have inside of them selfishness. Huh? Like there's still so much of you and me that needs purified. And it needs to be purified because heaven is the place of love. So all that stuff in me that isn't filled with love must be purified. And so that can be purified while we're still on earth through various suffering, but not just suffering uh, for suffering's sake, but suffering for sakes of others. That's why if people are sick, uh, if you're struggling, as long as you're focused on, Lord, uh, you got to make me better. Lord, you got to help me. Uh, and it's constantly focused on you. It's amazing how you don't get better. But when you're focused on, Lord, I offer this up for somebody else who has it worse than me. Lord, I offer this up for someone else who doesn't know you. Then what we do is we join ourselves with Christ on the cross and we become one with him and it becomes salvific. Our suffering becomes something good for others. It's not wasted suffering. Never waste a moment of your suffering, huh? Again, when I always go back to last year, it was the, the worst year of my life, you know, and the only thing I could do is keep giving it to God. Now, it doesn't mean that I didn't struggle with it. Jesus struggled with the will of the Father too. You know, Father, let this cup pass me by. But he still surrendered to the will of the Father and he still wanted more than anything for his will to be done, even if it killed him. And so too with us in our walk, we got to just sit there and take our sufferings that all come. And again, if you haven't had suffering, you will. And don't be afraid of it. Unite it with Jesus on the cross. And then you start your purgatory while you're here. And if you have a chance between getting your purgatory out now or later, I think it's better to get it out now. <laughs> and again, it's the suffering of purification. It's a suffering of getting rid of our selfishness, not keeping us focused on our selfishness, but burning away our selfishness. So when Pope Francis talks about that we live the life of Christ, a life for God, a life for others, not a life for self. Huh? Again, easy to say, I'm not in any way, any way, shape, or form saying, I live this so well, why don't you just imitate me? I'm not St. Paul. I wish I could. I can, in some ways, I do it quite well. In other ways, I don't do it well at all. So I know that when I dropped dead at 120, that Galatians, oh, I never put that together, 120 Galatians 2. Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't fit like that, does it? <laughs> anyway, so when I drop dead, that there's going to be some purifying still that needs. Uh, if I'm going to enter that place of love, I got to be a person of love. And so when a soul dies and they still have that thing in their selfishness in their lives that need to be purified, God is love. And so he embraces you when you die. And his love is this fire. It's an intense fire of love. And he draws you and me closer to himself to bring us into heaven. And he burns away every part of us that is still focused on self. Sin is the ultimate focus on self. So that all needs to be purified as God brings us into his loving presence so we can love him and love others all the days of our life forever 
is all the days of our life. We will live forever. That's what Jesus promises us, huh? And so we have to learn how to love. And so that means every day on this earth while we're here, we got to keep thinking, am I loving more? And so as I told the people at Mass uh, on Sunday, I said, so what we got to be praying for every day is increase my love for you and your people, increase my love for you and your people, increase my love for you and your people, increase my love for you and your people. God will never say no to that. And when you and I are doing that and we're finally getting over ourselves and getting over being focused on ourselves, then we're ready for heaven. And we can't do it alone. We can only do it by grace, by grace, by what God does. So we have to surrender more, give him more control, ask him to help us not to be so focused on ourselves so that, you know, we can touch heaven every day when we learn to give our life away. Hmm. And when you do it willingly, like next week, I don't. Uh, I should have this uh, podcast next week, but I'm going to be down in um, Monday. I'm flying to St. Louis, and I'm driving two hours down to Camp Camp Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And I'm going to be, I think it's St. Vincent de Paul. St. Vincent de Paul in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And I'll be doing a mission there. It's the last mission of the year, by God's grace. Um, And then I come back, and then the following Saturday, I go to the Allentown Diocese in Pennsylvania for their men's conference. And so, uh, and then that's my last uh, scheduled talk for this year, which I'm ecstatic about. (laughs) because <laughs> I've been working uh, out of my, I have a house and, um, you know, it's, I, I have a house where I bought 11 years ago, um, very reasonably. And what I've done with it is I work on it constantly. You know, it's kind of like, uh, um, like I just went and bought countertops today and I've been there 13 years and, um, uh, and I've been saying, so when the time comes to when I sell the place so I can retire, wherever that is, God willing, uh, that it'll be good. But I do all that myself. You know, that's how I love to work with my hands. I, I've, uh, f- you know, completely redone the kitchen. That's what I'm doing now. And so uh, I have, uh, you know, I have old oak cabinets, so I've been taking them out, redoing uh, everything inside, painting them all uh, into a white color, painting the the dining room and the kitchen is one. And I I have someone coming because I have to get new windows out there too. The windows are a mess. And they came out in 2016 to give me a bid, and I just never did it, so it's time. And uh, so it can become a place that when uh, someone else wants it, I'm always thinking about um, what is the next person or persons or family. Uh, I want to give the best for them. Uh, And so that's why, but I do it myself as much as I can. If I mess up, I, I have a lot of friends that can come in and help me out by God's grace. But anyway, so even in the midst of that, so I have something, but it helps me, because uh, I need to work with my hands. I need to do these things so I can get out of my head. Huh? But anyway, um, I'll be down in Camp, Camp, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, at St. Vincent de Paul. So if you're in that area, uh, come by and say hi. And if you're in the Allentown Diocese and you're a man, you come to that uh, men's conference. It'll be uh, a great reality, God willing. And then uh, come back and get everything ready for my staff and my parish for Christmas, Advent, Christmas. Can't believe it's November already. Can you imagine? Anyway, so we want to get on to the question. So again, let's focus on um, making sure we become saints. Let's pray for the souls in purgatory that their purification will be fast, but never despair or be sad for the souls in purgatory because every soul in purgatory is going to heaven right? Every single soul in purgatory will go to heaven. That's the whole point. So we don't have to get obsessed with the souls in purgatory as many people do. 
We need to sit there, and if you ask me, my opinion is we should be always more concerned about the people who have, uh, if they don't come to know Jesus, they will be damned forever. So we need to spend most of our time in getting them so they can at least go to purgatory and not go to hell. So we got to be people that are doing everything in our power to bring people to salvation. And, of course, the people in souls in purgatory, especially our family members, but not just our family members. I remember asking years ago if, um, if our family gets out from our prayers and they get out of purgatory and we keep praying for them, then what does God do with that? And uh, the professor is a uh, Father Levis, great priest, who's now seeing the face of God too. And he says, uh, then God takes our prayers and gives them to souls that don't have anyone to pray for them. You know, and that's a, that's a great comfort. Because even my mother, I was sitting there saying today, a lot of people are very generous, and I had a lot of, a lot of masses for my mother and uh, my sister, too, from last year. And so next week, almost every week, I have a mass for my mother or my sister. And I says, uh, you know, I believe because I, especially my mother, I anointed her seven times, gave her the plenary indulgence, the moment of death, said the Divine Mercy Chaplet that I'm pretty sure that God took her to himself. So all these masses that we keep saying for her, uh, that we use it for she's, if she's still in purgatory, that God releases her. But then if not, then it goes to someone who is in most need, who has no one to pray for them, who has no one to offer masses for them, so that those masses go for them. That You know, again, when we talk about the saints, we talk about the souls in purgatory, you talk about us, we're talking about one family, and all of us exist in the body of Jesus. We belong to one another, but remember who the head of the body is. It's Jesus. It's not us. That everything we do in this body, we do with Jesus, and it's he who's in charge, and it's he who saves, not us, but we do our part because that's what God asks of us, okay? So, Let's move on to questions and everything that came on here. So here we go. Bruce. Oh, you beat Harry today. Very good. On uh, usually the first comments from Harry. But anyway, uh, Bruce, good Thursday afternoon. It's freezing in Charlotte. Is there snow in Erie? Yes, there is. There was snow yesterday. I went to work out at uh, Planet Fitness. Now we went up at 4 o'clock, and there was at least... Uh, three inches of snow everywhere and I go it's only November 1st yes yeah, so but we're going through a cold thing yeah I'm also freezing there you go yes there was a dusting it's gone today there was more of a dusting at four o'clock the thing at four o'clock it was like three inches but then it start raining so it melted but uh, you know at four o'clock there was a lot we have audio but no video well there you go it's because I didn't turn it on <laughs> anyway sorry Ah, still no video. Okay, now you're... <laughs> I know, it was a mess starting. Uh, I'll tell you. Okay, you're on. So, again, I've been working on... Uh, those of you who are members of the foundation, you'll be getting a Thanksgiving uh, envelope... For, not envelope. Mm -hmm. uh, a thing from us in the next couple of weeks. Usually it comes around right before Thanksgiving. And uh, focusing on what we're grateful for, that we're grateful for you. And we'll also be talking about, um, I just did a logo for it last night on Cavana, whatever it is, um, for the new Estovir, Be a Man. And they're doing the intro and everything. And again, that'll. I have lots and lots of uh, friends from around the world that uh, I'm going to be able to bring on here. So it'll be more of that type uh, thing here soon. But we'll be talking about that. And we'll also be talking about our Hope House which is our retreat uh, center that we need to make handicap accessible and uh, bring it up for, uh, you know, right now we're still, because we're still grandfathered in, but we need a new kitchen and everything. We have to raise $600,000 for that. And sometimes I think as a priest, that's, uh, I'm constantly have to raise money for that, for the foundation, for this. So it's our once a year that we ask people to help the foundation and to help uh, uh, to bring people to Christ. So uh, you'll be getting that soon if you're a member of our foundation. Hopefully everybody who watches this is. Okay, so let's continue. 
we're here, we're here, we're here. My, bu my buddy owns wooded land in upstate New York. We cleared a beautiful area on a hill and built a 12-foot cross and prayed and sang gospel songs. Does the cross have to be blessed by a priest to be holy? Of course not. The cross was holy before there was ever one of us priests. Huh? Uh, but we could have, you could have it get blessed. Uh, but the cross in itself, just by looking at it, you know, uh, St. Francis, whenever he saw a cross, if he saw two sticks together, he would start to cry and weep over what Jesus Christ did for him. And uh, so the cross by itself, that's fantastic that they did that. Good job. Uh, is today All Souls Day a holy day of obligation? No, it is not. Yesterday was the holy day of obligation. Uh, and you're allowed to go to Mass three times a day. A priest is allowed to say three Masses today. Um, so in the morning for the last three days, I opened my Bible after praying the Holy Spirit and have opened to the same Bible passage, Cure on the Sabbath. Is there significance to that? There can be. That's why, yeah, don't ask me. You have to ask God. <laughs> you know, that's the whole point of going and praying to the Holy Spirit. Write that passage down and talk to God about it all day. God, what are you trying to say to me? Do I need healed? Do I need to be set free from uh, focusing on not being healed on the Sabbath like they yelled and screamed at Jesus for healing on the Sabbath? What is it about this verse that he is trying to say to you? I can't tell you what that is because I'm not God. But if you ask him, if he has shown this verse to you three days in a row, that's a pretty good sign he's trying to get your attention. So you have to ask him, what do you want with me about this? What are you trying to say to me? And then shut up. And God can tell you what he wants, okay? Okay. There is audio and video now, I hope. Hello. It will come through. It just takes a while. Not also reload your YouTube and check your settings. There you go. Thanks, Bruce. If not, try refreshing. I couldn't get on either today. That was the whole point. I had to turn off the computer and restart it to get us on. Okay, we no longer have our confirmation in our own parish is sad. We all now have to go to Hartford in big groups regardless of the politics of it. My son, after completing his course, is confirmed at the Easter Vigil. Hmm, okay. Sometimes uh, the, the bishop likes to uh, do all confirmation, so it's easier for him if they do it together, I'm guessing. Father, what's your opinion of a couple who are living together and not married, and are they Eucharistic? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, dear. What's your opinion of a couple who are not living together and not married, and are who are living together and not married, and are Eucharistic ministers giving Holy Communion? Of course, they should not be receiving communion, and they should, should absolutely not be giving out communion. Now, listen. We want everyone to feel welcome at Mass, absolutely, but it doesn't mean that, uh, and we can bless them. I mean, I bless people all the time, but for them to be on the altar giving out Holy Communion, maybe the pastor doesn't know. Don't you say anything, but the pastor should at least know, because if you know other people know that they're living in sin, they should not be giving out Holy Communion. It's not my opinion, it's teaching of the church. Oh my, uh, yes, no, that should not happen. I am third is a way to live. God first, others second. I am third. Have you have my posts? It's up. Thanks. There you go. There you go. That's exactly the way we need to live. Good job, Bruce. I know it's a mission, but will you be able to get to Branson? Hoping you'll get to, to our town to service at least see Daniel O'Donnell. I don't know how far, how far is Branson from that place. I have no idea. I've been to Branson. I did a priest retreat there uh, years ago. I'm coming back. Uh, I don't think it's going to be in Branson, but for that diocese, uh, I think it was the Springfield, Missouri priest. I don't know. I know I'm doing another one this year. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was very, I was, I, uh, Branson very, um, didn't get to see it much. I was up at this uh, big lake, this big, uh, there's a big lake there in Branson, and there's a big uh, retreat center, or I don't think it's a retreat center, but it was a uh, um, uh, big motel or hotel on the lake, but it was in Branson. It was beautiful. Anyway, 
Oh, Father, you have no idea how much I need a message today. Well, good, Pat. Hopefully it changed my life and given my life totally to Jesus. There you go. RJ. Good afternoon, Father Larry. This is Sandy Renee from our Holy Land pilgrimage. Well, good to see you or hear from you anyway. Just want to say hello. We are doing fine and we miss your company. Well, thank you. It was great being with you. Uh, think about this last Holy Land and how we had to, who knows, uh, even our trip that we're going to be going on in 2025, we're going back or scheduled to, but who knows if everything will be even fixed by then. Hi, Father, could you tell me who the patron saint of amputees is? I have, I do not have any idea. I'm very sorry. Uh, I don't know. But you could look it up. If you put it in, there'd be all kinds of stuff. So we don't have any more questions there, but we have plenty here that came in. Greetings. I listen to your podcast every Thursday and love the fact that you can interact with you. Real life, though it's hard to do when you're feeling sick with both a heart condition and some terrible reflux. Would it be too much to ask community to lift me up in prayer? I want to be outward focused, but don't know how to do it when I'm ill. Any ideas or suggestions? Mike, first of all, of course, we'll pray for you and all the people who are listening. Pray for Mike and Marilyn. Uh, but again, as I talked about earlier, the best thing to do is take your pain and your struggles and offer it up for somebody else. You could offer it up for your mother. You could offer it up for other people who don't know Jesus. But don't waste it on yourself. Offer it up. And then it's amazing how um, God can then free you if you're offering it for somebody else. Not just, and again, I have people that says, I just offer it up. Don't just offer it up. Offer it up for somebody or something. Be be persistent. Yeah, I'm going down to Cape Springfield, Cape Girardeau. I'm going to be there for the priest retreat in June 224 is what uh, Mo just sent me. Okay, if Jesus died for our sins, what would be the use of the second coming? Jesus died for the sins of man at that time, wiping the slate clean, giving man a second chance to get it right. (laughs) Not true. So we're living through that second chance. So we must live a righteous life, thinking of others to live and spread the teachings of Christ through our actions. Yes and yes. But it's still that Christ did for us. Like if you heard what I just talked about, uh, in him we have eternal life. It doesn't, we will get eternal life. We have eternal life if we stay in Jesus Christ. Now, again, we always have free will. We can reject him. But if we're living in his will and we're staying in his will, we are letting Christ live. Again, this keeps you focused on yourself. And again, we need to live a life for God and others. Uh, but what Jesus did. But the second coming, of course, is when he comes for, it's for the pagans, <laughs> you know, so that uh, uh, we see that, that he will come and he'll be able to separate the good from the bad, but he'll separate the good from the bad and how we have all loved whatever you did to least my brothers, you did unto me. So I, like, when people do, like this one was, they uh, uh, replied from John, Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. He did pay the penalty for our sin. This is Christianity. It is grace. <sighs> That's not the teaching of the church, John just so you know. From David, I left my wife and children for a young woman and left my family, which is a mortal sin. Can I stand before a priest with my new girlfriend for a blessing in my new relationship? Of course, you can always get blessed, but he won't bless your sin. He'll bless you to come to conversion. That's the point. If I give indulgences to a particular person in purgatory, my mother or father, who keep a record of my, who keeps a record of my indulgences for them? God. And how are they applied to each to them? What happens if I give indulgences for someone not even in purgatory, like I already talked about this earlier? I would have no way. You just pray, and God will take care of the rest. So it doesn't have to be just for your mother and father. After they're done, it'll be used for somebody else. Again, sometimes, like the whole thing with all this is, I pray for my family, and again, like the priest used to live with me, you know, so how many, how many masses are you having said for you after you die? And I said, one. One! You think one mass is enough to get your miserable soul out of purgatory? And I said, one drop of the precious blood of Jesus is enough to get me out of purgatory forever. One drop. And so, 
And I says, because if not, then only rich people get to go to heaven. So God even treats us in heaven. He, he's more concerned if you're rich. Well, how, come, how can you say that? Because it takes $10 to have a mass said for each individual. So only people who have money can have all those masses. huh? So poor people who can't even afford $10, especially throughout the world, uh, they don't get out of purgatory, right? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying that. Well, it sort of does sound like it. You see, all this is about prayer. It's all about what Jesus Christ has did. It's not about buying uh, heaven. We can't do it. And that's saved by grace. And this is a Catholic teaching. It's not, you know, it sounds like a Protestant teaching, I know, because Catholics don't know the faith. We have too many Catholics who are Pelagianists. And the Pelagianists who think they have to earn their salvation and then just condemn everybody else who isn't earning it the way they are. And they don't realize that every time they condemn, they're damning themselves. They don't just get it. Just don't get it. Father, I'm always thankful to pray for vocations to the priesthood and religious life. However, I never hear anyone pray for good and holy marriages. Matrimony is a sacrament like holy orders. From holy matrimony can come many more vocations. Absolutely. Um, but there are more people in matrimony than there are priests. Um, we need, I mean, there are more, yeah, exactly. And again, but no priests, no Eucharist, no forgiveness. We need priests. So that's why we always pray for more vocations, uh, the priesthood and religious life. But of course, we're also praying and uh, for people to be holy in marriage. Of course, that's why we spend time with it. But point taken, we should be doing more like that. Yes. So what do you think of the dancers dancing in front of the Pope? I think it's part of the culture. I mean, again, why are we sitting there judging? I have no concerns about that stuff, you know? And again, the people that do, why don't they get a life? Why aren't they more concerned about bringing other people to Jesus Christ instead of judging the Pope because they had dancers from Africa or wherever before him? Why are you even wasting your time being the accuser as the devil is instead of doing all your energy into bringing other people to Jesus Christ? No one will come to Jesus Christ through your condemnation. And, and in John 3, 6, 3, 17, it said Jesus was not sent into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. So if, as I've said a million times, if God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, I promise you, he didn't send you into the world to condemn the world, I promise. So don't waste your time. Spend your time on bringing other people into an intimate, loving relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't get caught up in all the garbage the devil's making you look at because that's exactly who it's from, the accuser. So I don't care one way or the other. I have more important things to be worried about, and so should you. I know I drive people crazy when I do this kind of stuff, but that's the whole point. I'm doing it on purpose. I exist to drive you crazy so you'll get over yourself and just stop judging everybody. And you're looking at me and saying, Father, I think you're judging me. Now I'm judging people that do this kind of actions. I'm not judging you particularly, but I'm saying that any one of us that do that, including me, has to stop. It's not God's will for us. <laughs> I know. Ah, I know, I know, I know. Okay, let's go back in here. Father, could you tell me? Okay, just a note. St. Anthony of Padua. Really? I didn't know that. Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Mo. It's a few for Cape to Branson. It's a few hours. Holy cow. I didn't know that. A few hours. Well, I ain't going to probably get down there. Saying to the legs, oh, look at all you people. So, Father, so happy to hear you say of this about one mass for the deceased. So, what about the. 300 seraphic masses, which are so very expensive. <laughs> Again, I wouldn't waste my money. Again, it's not a waste. Did you hear what I just said? Yes, I'm sorry. I wouldn't just sit there and say that, um, just make sure it's used for everybody, not for one person. I played it to the flute for you, but you did not dance. It's in the Bible too. It's also in the Bible how David got naked and danced before the Ark of the Covenant. Again, um, we just spend too much time in judgment of each other. 
I just love this past week. Did you hear what Pope Francis's uh, intention for is for the month of November? That we would pray for him, that the Holy Spirit, he would surrender to the Spirit more, so the Spirit would help him discern what is right for the church. You know what that is? It's humility. And for the people who don't get it, they just never will. They're the Pharisees of today who just focus on their own righteousness and they judge the Pope of the church, which I've talked about again and again, who's begging people just to pray for him that he discern the spirit right. What more could we ask? What more could we ask? Okay, we've already dealt with that one. Joy. I have two questions for you. In the Old Testament, many people are recorded living to be hundreds of years old. Does this mean to live to be this old, or what does this mean? Again, I must have answered this, but it was uh, like Methuselah. It was over 1,000 years old. A lot of the reality talks at the beginning, uh, before there was so many sicknesses and diseases and everything else, when we were first created our bodies and everything was better, so we lived longer. And as time has went on through generations and generations and generations, we get more and more sicknesses, diseases, and that's so we die earlier. But again, it doesn't matter when you die because we're going to live forever if we believe in Jesus and do what he wants. I struggle with not being able to hear God. When I sit in silence, I find my mind wonders. Uh, when I go to adoration, what can I do? Again, spend time with the word when you're there because it's always an encounter with God, the living God every time. And you're, so you don't have to worry about when you're sitting in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, Jesus, the God of the universe. When you're reading his word, you're having an encounter with him. It's like him speaking to you right, he's right in front of you, and he's speaking to you just like this through his word. So it's why, if you can't hear, listen. Okay, Amy. Thank uh, you and your staff for your phenomenal Oktoberfest and Mass. I, I was I so I'm glad you came. Good. I ran into a friend I haven't seen in a while, and we had coffee. She had recently been on a field trip with her son's homeschool to St. Louis Cathedral. The guide leading the tour was showing them statues of Mary and saints explaining how Catholics pray to them. Yeah, I know. She asked me to explain, and I said to use the word prayer interchange be word talk. Very good. Very good, Amy that we're not praying, adoring, or worshiping them, but talking to them and praying with them. Very good. She could not get over that and texted me the next day that the Lord kept her up at night uh, about me because I was in danger of going to hell because of the praying to others besides God. And she referred to scriptures only about praying to God alone. I get, I get it. The thing is, I get why Protestants think we engage in idolatry. Me too. Uh, though what we're doing is, uh, even though... Again, I think the best way to talk about this is when I talked about earlier, we're praying about relationships. And so, like when you, if you come to me and you say to me, Father, can you pray for me? Of course I can pray for you. Am I taking the place of God? There's only the one intercessor. So if you don't believe you can go to the saints and ask them to pray for you, then you can never ask anybody else on this earth to pray for you. Because it's the same reality. The people in heaven are alive and see the face of God. So it, it's exactly correct. It, it's the word talk. And like when they prayed with Mary at uh, Pentecost. And you can, you can send her scriptures back too about, here they prayed with Mary. And then she'll say, well, she was alive then. She's still alive. Because God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You can send that scripture. And then you can go to the transfiguration where Jesus, who is God, talked to Moses and the prophet. He talked with them. So we're not praying to statues. Where, well, And again, saying that, there are people who pray to statues and pray to saints and have no relationship with God. I've met them, I know them, and it's not God's will. And that's not the teaching of the church. But of course, we still have people that do that Again, if you're one of those people that go to saints more than you go to Jesus, there's a problem. You can go to the saints and ask them to pray for you. Even our Holy Mother of God, our great mother, she always says, do whatever Jesus tells you. 
So it's always about going to God, always about going to God. Jesus always went to the Father, but he still talked to the saints of the Old Testament, so we can still do that stuff. So it always has to be in context, but people will take it out of context, and they do things that are wrong. Of course they do. Okay, let's go to a few more here. Uh, thank you up there and praying for me from Canada. Lisa and Mark, I'm going to be uh, coming up to Canada for uh, a talk in somewhere. But anyway, outside of uh, Toronto, um, you know, I've been up there before, but I'm coming up there this year. So come on over and say hi. I'll let you know as I get closer. Okay, the reason for our hope. How do the members of the Synod with somewhat opposing views both claim to be led by the Holy Spirit? That's the whole point. That's what discernment is. How in the early church when they were fighting over, and it was a fight over whether a man should be circumcised or not to be a Christian. They all prayed to the Holy Spirit and they fought over it. And then the Spirit made clear what he wanted. So to have discussions or fights is not a problem. The problem is when it finally comes, and this is where the Spirit's led us. Most people are falling that way to not submit to the Spirit, but to say, no, 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 I know what's the best, the reality. So, uh, and again, that's why we have a Holy Father that would come and say, okay, this is it. Like, for instance, for the opposite way, when it came to um, our, the teaching on artificial birth control or Paul VI, the group... Uh, he have had theologians get together to say where, which to give him input about what, because we had no official input. And Humane Vitae was the first thing when John uh, Paul VI come out. And most of them, most of them said that they should, we should allow artificial birth control. There was one person that stood out against that, and he became John Paul II. But he wrote, to the Holy Father saying and given all the reasons with this theology of the body before he even uh, started teaching that as Pope about why we shouldn't. So there is disagreement in the church, different opinions, strong opinions. And yet Paul VI came and said, this is the teaching of the church when he wrote the encyclical. Huh? So that's why we have a Pope because there's always, you know, there's people that have all these sides and they use, and let me give you a hint, all sides use the history and the teaching of the church in the past. Everybody does that. There's uh, plenty of things. It's like the scripture. Even the devil can quote the scriptures. You know, you can get all kinds of things from the past. Uh, you pick what you choose and say, see, I'm right. Then someone else picks the same from even the same document. See, I'm right. So finally, someone has to make that decision. and We say the Pope makes that decision. Okay. Okay, I got to get out of here. Sorry, we'll get to the other ones later here. Does anybody like everything here? Yes, thank you. Steve, you know better. <laughs> anyway, thank you, everybody, for watching us. Remember, I'm praying for you every day. Please pray for me and, to the, um, uh, and the people I'll be speaking to next week and safe travel and everything else. And... Uh, Pray that I always do God's will. Huh? That's all I want. I'm praying for you and I love you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.